Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Got to pay the bills, got to pay the bills. We got some sponsors going on. I got to get these people in this kitchen as best possible. Like I said, it's uh, it's Christmas in February, y'all, so let me do this as best as I can. Calling in by way of the mountain region of the United States of America, we have Eric Gross in the building. Welcome to the, the Super Bowl brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, my brother. I am feeling great. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. God bless America. It's Super Bowl Sunday in the year of the tiger, baby. Let's roll. Okay, and I'll get to you shortly because I got some filler that I have to get to before I start taking the gloves off and then uh, getting into the Super Bowl stuff. But even though I don't want to stay on the filler too long because there's a lot to, like, just jump into. I mean, well, not a lot, but just I feel like we could burn a lot of time. But we also have calling out of the Midwest region of the United States, we have Mr. Harvey himself. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got you. There you go. There you go. 
Man, always feeling well. When I get a, get some time to uh, chop it up and talk about what's going on in the sporting world with uh, Eric and UTP, man. Without you, bro, I wouldn't be here, and I'm always happy and uh, grateful to uh, chop it up with you and, and have brunch, man. So feeling good. Okay, I, I hope everything's okay because um, there were some things that happened last night in the uh, the Golden State. If you know what I mean, and both of you do know what I mean, both of you do, both of you do. So I won't, I won't delve into it too much. Um, Eric, I got to get you involved in my club. I got a club called the Barbershop, and um, they talk about your your Lakers a little bit. Yeah, too, absolutely. So I know you would actually, you would you would love that, it, but it's not the type of conversation that you're gonna like. You can ask Mike. Mike will tell you it gets pretty heavy in there. So just just to, just to give you fair warning, just to give you fair warning. No problem. You know what I'm. I'm not going to do the filler stuff. I'm going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this thing and start talking football. So we've got the AFC versus the NFC. We've been waiting for this at least since summertime. I know me. I know a lot of people that come around the barbershop, they get heightened by like, oh, what they're going to do in the draft. And yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, I'm excited to see the player come to the team. It's not like, like they're going to go out there and play the play like the next week or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like I just want to see you come to my team and have an impact. But a lot of people get hype around draft time. Um, the NBA Finals comes around. I want to say, you know, the end of May going into June. Once the Finals ends, it's like everybody's trying to get through the thicker things of baseball, which I'm entertained because I played baseball, you know, good portion of my early years of living. And I've always followed baseball ever since. But it's like you want to see the, you know, preseason and training camps and things of that nature and seeing what team is, is ready to make this run. And um, the shock value of some of the teams that uh, get to that portion and they get to the playoffs and they may be successful or they may, like, lose at the doorstep. But these two teams have actually had some interesting storylines on both sides. I, I don't favor one way or another, but it's like one team I do have to give more of the edge to war because they are at home in Los Angeles in their stadium. And it's like the Rams were in the Super Bowl, I want to say, less than five or six years ago uh, and fell short, only scoring three points in a 13-3 loss to the Patriots in one of the better defensive matchups in Super Bowl history. But now we have a situation where both of these offenses can score points, but at the end of the day, we got to see which offense scores more. So, um I want to see how you guys feel about this, man. We we got to set this off, man. I don't want any uh, predictions on who wins now. We we got to get to the meat and potatoes. I, I, I kind of want to do offense, defense, special teams, and then we could go into who wins the game. I'll do it like that. So first and foremost, I'll do I'll do I'll save the best for last. So I'll start with the the weaker situation first. Special teams. Who has the edge? Who do you guys like and why? I'll start with you first on this one, Eric. Who do you like? Who has the edge special teams? And you can go on both teams. You don't have to go just one and just stop. Uh, I think it comes down to the Bengals kicking game. Uh, McPherson is, you know, on fire the whole year, so he's been automatic. So uh, I look for that to continue. He hit the game winner last week against Kansas City, so and he's been automatic all year long. So I think that's going to be a difference maker. Okay. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the special teams, both sides, uh, Rams and Bengals? Um, who do you feel has the edge also? 
yeah, so real quick, I want to say it's interesting to me because this year, more so than any, yeah, Tampa, Kansas City were such a trendy pick across the board. Like, very confident. I think I picked it too. A lot of people thought this has got as good a chance as any to be our Super Bowl matchup, right? And then, obviously, neither one of those teams make it. Cincinnati, even more of a long shot. If you had asked people going into the season, though, okay, if it's not going to be Tampa from the NFC, then who's it going to be? Then that the Rams would have been on a short list. They would have said if Matthew Stafford does up his game a little bit, the Rams would have been on that short list uh, besides Tampa to make to represent the NFC on the list with Green Bay as a possibility, and so on that on that short list of uh, contenders. But I think. Kicking-wise, obviously, McPherson's had his big money uh, field goals during this uh, playoffs. Rams are solid uh, special teams as well. I I probably would give a slight edge uh, to the bingo special teams, but I like the, the punting game of the Rams, and I like the idea that they have been able to uh, to make plays in the in the special teams previously. So I think that's – I think it's pretty close. Oh, we do have James in the building. James, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Um, it, it's football Christmas, so I, I'm I'm ready to open up the gifts. Um, your thoughts on special teams? Who you know the edge on either side of the ball, and who do you favor? So, um, I mean, so there's there's three portions of special teams. There's the return game, the kicking game, the punting game. Kicking and punting, I think, uh, pretty much favor the Rams. Matt Gay has been automatic all season long, 32 of 34 uh, field goals this season, which is pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, you know, Ev- uh, <clears throat> um, Evan McPherson isn't that bad either with um, – going 28 for 33 this year. Um, Anna's also missed maybe two uh, extra points, whereas Gay hasn't missed any. I mean, neither – actually, no, Gay missed one, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll check that later. But um, at the end of the day, one missed field goal can change the course of this game. And either way, they're um, – they're both playing pretty well, obviously, but it's a slight edge for the Rams in the um, in the field goal game. Punting, these two are pretty much the same. Kevin Huber for the Bengals and Johnny Hecker from the Rams are generally um, kicking very well. Um, kicks within the 20. For uh, for Hecker does go to nearly fifty percent, so that might um, kind of account for a lower, uh, the slightly lower um, yards gained average for um, for for the punting game. But either way, I don't think there is a clear advantage. I think that can go either way. Um, returns are also, you know, pretty decent. I really wonder what the plan is for the Bengals uh, in the return game because they have had in the past uh, Jamar Chase return kicks. But um, I don't know if that's going to change in this game. 
Okay, and no, so for me, I, I. So wait, say it again, Mike. I couldn't hear you. You got to speak up. I said no. Jamar Chase will not return kicks, even to give them uh, an explosive play. They're not going to. They're they're not going to do that. Yeah, I would hope not, but uh, but you never know. Sometimes coaches pull out all the stops uh, in Super Bowl Sunday, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, as for me, I mean, um, Gay has been an efficient kicker for the Rams. However, McPherson has actually built up this, like, momentum at the, the end of this season to make himself, like, an impact player in the kicking game for this team. So this is huge especially while um, he basically called it at the end of the game, basically saying that he was going to nail that 52-yarder and hit it. So it's like that confidence is there for them uh, if they are in a situation where they have to win a game off of a kick. So not saying that's a shoe-in, but a lot of these games, as I've said before, have a majority come down to a kicker to win the game. So at least I feel like this fares well for McPherson in this situation. I don't really think Gay has been put into a situation where he had to make or break a situation to win a game, at least in, in postseason run. Um, so that's why I give them the edge. Um, like punting, like I, I really feel like it depends on the offense, and we'll get into the offense as best as possible to see who can flip the field and things of that nature. So uh, if I did like net yardage and see who actually had the bigger boot, then that's something that I could go off of and just give the leg up to. But obviously I, it, it kind of shoes in with how the offense is doing their thing. And hopefully it's not a touchback. And if they don't get it to the 20 or, you know, or they could cough and kick them and pin them to the goal line as best as possible. But um, right now I, I slightly give the edge to the Bengals at this point in time, just because I feel like the momentum McPherson has built, especially in this run that they have had to put together of getting to this point, uh, throughout the entirety of the AFC playoff and, and going up against some tough teams and uh, especially going into Arrowhead and winning one. That, that that still, to me, resonates from two weeks ago, that they were able to go into a hostile environment. These, this, this team actually won the AFC twice out of the past two seasons and been in that AFC championship game ever since uh, Mahomes got there. So, um that's tough. They kind of are comfortable in their ways to kind of disrupt that situation. So I really give the Bengals, I think, psychologically that edge. But it will be tough that they are in California and playing in the backyard of where the Rams are from. So uh, the the next thing I really want to reach into is see how you guys could dig into depth on this is the defense. And um, I, I know – like we probably will be heavily toward one side, but I want to see if somebody actually moves the needle and, and see how we could play with this. Uh, I'll come to you again on this one first. Eric, your thoughts on defense, both teams, please. And um, how do you feel one favors over the other? And who do you like? Uh, who did you call out for, Ty? I said Eric. Eric, can you hear me? Okay, if Eric can't hear me, I will go to you next on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this? Who do you like on, you know, the defenses? Uh, speaking on both sides, Rams and Bengals, uh, in depth if you can, and, and who do you feel has the edge? Okay. So a couple things. Uh, the defense for the Bengals has found a way to play big and step up and play better than I anticipated. Uh, when they've really needed it. You know, the, the interest of this Bengals defense tonight, 
they were kind of having trouble stopping the Raiders. They were one throw away from their season being over uh, in the first round of the playoffs, right? Uh, they were able to contain Tennessee so they could pull that out. And like you said, like big ups for being able to go in the arrowhead and win. So that defense has risen to the challenge and helped support that offense at times. When other teams were able to keep that team out of the end zone, they've been able to get some pressure. Uh, Hendricks has been good. They've got had some people that really uh, have played well in that defense. That being said, like, their secondary doesn't scare me at all. And I think if they can if they protect Stafford at all and can establish the run, I think that the Rams have the weapons to be able to make them hay on this offense. Uh, on this defense of Cincinnati. But when it comes to the Rams the Rams defensively, like the Rams have to obviously win this game up up front, right? You got Aaron Donald and Von Miller and some of the most, you know, Aaron Donald, in my opinion, you could make an argument for could be the most dominant player in football regardless of position right now and at times has looked like it. So you have him, you got Miller, you got that defensive front. The Rams have to win this game up front. Tennessee got – all those sacks that they got a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, if Cincinnati can't protect or do things to offset that pressure, uh, the Rams are going to have a field day defensively today. I, what I'm curious to see is how Cincinnati, what effect Cincinnati trying to run at them to establish a run has to try to slow down that pass rush. And as we've seen happen a couple of times with the Rams this year, can Cincinnati do things with slot guys or with mixing in the passing game to try to expose the weaknesses of that Rams defense on the second level? The defensive front has been very good. The secondary at times has been really good. Jalen Ramsey, you know, a lot of people call best corner in the game. Listen, if any time, if you want to just watch an individual matchup, anytime today that you can see Ramsey and Chase uh, running together, um, it, it'd be worth it to watch at times to – just see how that comes out. This is, you know, best on best in some ways for a lot of these teams, <laughs> for these two teams. Like, so it'll be fun to see how those matchups uh, pan out. I would say that the edge to me, though, I think the Rams have the overall better defense uh, in this game. So I would give the edge to the L.A. Rams. Okay, James, your thoughts on uh, both teams' defenses? Uh, who do you like? Well, not well. Yeah, you could dig into it. I want you to save that kind of for the end. But um, who do you feel has the edge, like, and what they have to watch for in this game? So I think Eric hit it like nail on the head. The biggest matchup that's going to determine this game offensively for the Cincinnati Bengals is. Mm-hmm going to be um, whether or not they can stop the Rams from getting to Joe Burrow with a four-man front. Not four-man front, but you know what I mean. I, I, with rushing four as opposed to rushing five or six. If they can do that, they open up a lot of opportunities for their their playmakers to do the job. Um, because obviously you can't double cover Jamar Chase or single Jamar Chase with Jalen Ramsey and um, double team like a T Higgins if um, if they have to rush five to get to Joe Burrow. That is something that traditionally 
Um, we have not seen from the Cincinnati Bengals. The offensive line is still the weak point. It's kind of been something that has been true for um, not only this year, but also last year, which is why during the draft last year, there was such a big debate between Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell um, to solidify and give Burrow more time at the pocket. Um, but the Rams are the second team in the league during the regular season this year in sacks. Aaron Donald himself producing 12 and a half of those sacks. So, and then Von Miller, I think, put up five all by himself as well. So they have the ability to rush the passer. And um, that means that that the Bengals are going to have to keep the tight end in which also allows for more coverage to go to those other players. Um, so all of these things are a big challenge for the Cincinnati Bengals to make that, that work out. And the fact that Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best corner in the game right now, is on the Rams gives them more versatility to move coverage towards, let's just call them the, the second and third options. So overall defense clearly um, clearly favors the Rams, and um, but the the bigger thing in in my mind is that the the Bengals have to establish a running game to to keep this consistent, which is something that they can do and they should be game planning towards uh, offensively. The brands have not necessarily been below average in uh, running uh, against the run, but they have definitely been more susceptible to the run than in the past. So it goes directly towards the strong suit of the Bengals, which gives the Rams the advantage. On the other side of the ball, the Cincinnati Bengals do not have the pass rush um, capable of really getting to Stafford with only rushing four. The Bengals have very often rushed five to, to generate pressure, which does often generate turnovers, but if it doesn't, it turns into big plays. So that was something that you saw a lot, especially in the playoffs, is their, um, let's just call it creative, creative ways of, um, of doing the pass rush take a lot of teams by surprise. But with two weeks to prepare, I think that that will be less effective. So overall, I think the Rams are the better um, squad offensively, especially when you think about it in matchup, uh, matchup circumstances. Okay. Um, Eric, are you with us now? Uh, yes. Uh, your thoughts on uh, both teams' defenses? Uh, who are you giving the edge to, uh, all in all, um, as best as possible? Well, I'm giving the uh, edge to the Rams here, no doubt. Um, they have one of the best uh, pass rushes in the, all of football. They got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they're great at pressure, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be seeing a lot of pressure today. Cincinnati's going to have to find a way to stop that. Um, 
And Cincinnati really doesn't have uh, too much. I mean, they're an average defense in my eyes. They really don't have uh, have too much. So we'll we'll see what happens with the edges. Clearly, with the Rams. Um, this is the one thing that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, and um, I got to wake you guys up to it too. The Rams do have the defensive pressure up front with. Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is the threat outside at the corner position to try to slow Chase down as best as possible, even though Chase has been successful all season long, even in this postseason run. But the one thing that people aren't giving credit to is what Cincinnati's been able to get through. Cincinnati has stopped the Raiders. The Raiders actually had an interesting run. Um, in which it was a fourth and goal play, even though I put a lot of this play on the Derek Carr. He throws the ball short, but the defense had to give them, you know, what they can and uh, broke that up and ended the game right there. Then they stopped the Tennessee Titans, in which uh, they brought Derek Henry back, which I really feel like the Titans tried to sit on him all season. That's a whole other situation. I really feel a different way about that. Because if he has a broken bone in his foot, there's no way that you're rushing back your your organization's best player. Before some back, try to force feed him. They shut him down, uh, and the passing game didn't work, in which they picked off Tannehill. Tannehill had the deciding turnover, which was actually a turnover thrown to the defense. So they've been able to do this in critical times in this postseason run, and to ice the cake, they went into a hostile environment up against Kansas City in Arrowhead and were down, what, 28, 21-3, excuse me, and then stormed back and won that game and shut the Chiefs' offense down. Like, they gave and, – and let alone, you got Cooper Cup, you got Odell Beckham. They had to deal with Tyreek, Hardman, and, and Pringle. These guys have speed and Kelsey. So they had to worry about these guys and did what they can to slow them down and stop that and win that game in a hostile environment, which they're doing it again, going into a hostile environment in Los Angeles in SoFi, and they probably could answer the bell again. So I don't know. Like, I know Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to create pressure, but the one thing about Burrow is he's been able to escape that. So if he's able to escape it, it puts more pressure on that secondary, like the new guy they brought back, Eric Weddle, and, and the rest of these guys. Outside of Ramsey, I think Ramsey's still going to be effective in what he does. You, you, he's a given. But uh, if they could do what they could do, I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure uh, on the Rams' defense to actually do more than what we know that they can do. It's a given. They're not going to just be like, okay, we're shivering and watching Aaron Donald throw offensive linemen around. They're going to do misdirection and get him out of the play. There's going to be schemes to make sure that he doesn't have his imprint on the game. Of course, he will have his imprint in the game, but they got to do as much as they can to neutralize him. Meanwhile, you don't know what the Bengals are going to do defensively because they don't really have any calling card defensively. I really throw this as a toss-up. But like I said, this is it's favoring the Rams because we know of the players, uh, as in Ramsey, Donald, and Miller. Like, these are the three names that you know. But the uh, the Bengals have been able to do this all postseason run and upset teams that people thought that they shouldn't make it that far. So it's a toss-up to me. But, again, like I said, it does favor the Rams because the notable pieces. But um, I'm not just watching the Bengals wash away in this discussion. I won't, I won't allow that. Not at all. Okay. Um, the next situation that we have 
is the offense. Um, this is kind of the best for last situation. Um, I, I want to go piece by piece. I won't just do full offense. Who has the better running game in this matchup? I will start with you first on this one, Mike. Who has the better running game, Cincinnati or Los Angeles? Mike, are you yeah, here? Can you hear me? Is, yeah, the interesting thing to me is I think that <clears throat> the best player may be mixing as far as, like, most healthy been the best threat all year. <clears throat> but I think that Cam Akers being back, being healthy, adds a, a different level of explosion to that Rams uh, running game. And <clears throat> I just – that offensive line for the Rams I feel like is uh, – little better than what Cincinnati brings to the table. And so even though I like Joe Mixon a lot, <clears throat> and also at times in the postseason, Burrow has made plays with his legs when he's absolutely needed to. But I, I would give the edge in the running game to the St. Louis Rams, to the L.A. Rams. St. Louis, goodness gracious. Okay. He's throwing it back for you guys. Um, James, who do you like? Running game wise, is it Mixon and Co. or is it Acres and Co.? Who do you like and why? And this one is easily uh, <coughs> Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals as far as the running game is concerned. Sony Michelle and Cam Akers, uh, neither Sony Michelle or Cam Akers. I mean, Akers hasn't really been um, really active in the playoffs, but the Rams' overall running game has been bad as far as the running game is concerned. Um, I mean, Sony Michelle, I think, maybe got 50 yards against the Arizona Cardinals and maybe 43 against the 49ers. No, not even 43 against the 49ers. He got like 16 yards against the 49ers on 10 yards. So the running game is a supreme weak point when it comes to the uh, the. L.A. Rams and their offensive play style, especially when yards and scores are a lot easier for them to get in the passing game, it means that the running game has fallen by the wayside and will continue to run by the to, to run by the wayside because it's the least talented portion of their core. Meanwhile, Joe Mixon is a very good running back, and their offensive line does run back, run block particularly well, uh, run block considerably better than they pass block, in my opinion. So I think that this is an avenue of which the, um, the Cincinnati Bengals do have a massive advantage over the L.A. Rams. Interesting. Eric, how do you feel? Bengals or Rams? Who has the better running game and why? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Bengals here as well. Uh, simple fact, Joe Mixon. Cam Akers is coming back from injury. Uh, we'll be able to see what he can do. Uh, Sonny Michelle's been playing. Uh, I mean, he played consistent while he was out, but uh, I mean, that's one of their... Uh, Weapons are Joe Mixon, one of their main offensive weapons. So I think the Cincinnati Bengals have the uh, edge there. 
I'm actually going with the Rams on this one. I think Akers and Michelle will probably have a better effective day. That front seven of Cincinnati is going to have to prove to me that they can slow that run game down because I know they're more or less focused on trying to stop Odell, Cup and company, and uh, Jefferson. Um, if they could actually pick up their first couple of carries of three or better, I think this makes it a guessing game on the defensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, which makes this tough. Uh, this makes it very tough. So I want to see if Cincinnati can answer the call, not only stuffing the run, but also being able to uh, be there for the bell when it, when Matt Stafford gets ready to start throwing the ball around a lot. So I think that there's a lot more things uh, with the running game that Akers and Michelle spell each other. I think that could actually do more damage than Mixon uh, and company uh that's a given, and let alone their home. It's like a big batch of home cooking, too, for this Rams team. So they're used to the fast track of being on that turf. Uh, I, I favor the Rams in this matchup, uh, running game, running game-wise. Okay, so now it's going to get interesting, right? The receiving game. Who, who do people really think is like the leg up in this receiving game? Now, mind you, uh, C.J. Uzoma is questionable. Tyler Higby is out for the Super Bowl. So it, it, it's tough with the tight ends uh, both having issues, but it's more or less lying on the shoulders of the receivers anyway. I want to see how you guys feel about this. I will start with you first on this one, James. How do you feel about both of these teams receiving calls? So um, for for me, the receiving core goes to the Bengals as well. Um Cooper Cup may be the uh, NFL Offensive Player of the Year and pretty much God as far as fantasy football was concerned this year just because of how consistently he was able to not only receive catches but score touchdowns. But, um, you know, T. Higgins versus Odell Beckham at this point I think is a wash. And then I would probably take Tyler Boyd over um, Van Jefferson if I had to choose one. So um, it, it's it's really close. It's almost a tie because Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are pretty close to each other as well. But at the end of the day, I, and also the um, the issue at the tight end position could make things a little more interesting and um, stronger in favor of the Bengals. Because uh, CJ, um, I can never pronounce this, Uzumo, um, has been playing particularly well, uh, especially in the playoffs, as far as tight ends are concerned, which, once again, is kind of a dying position almost. Um, But it is definitely a part of the equation. And you also have to include the running backs in that situation as well, where Joe Mixon has been a factor in the passing game and Sony Michelle has not. Okay. And who, so you're giving the edge to the Bengals receiving game, receiving core, excuse me. I'm giving the edge to the Bengals receiving game. Okay. Eric, I'll come to you on this one. Which team do you feel has the better receiving core and why? Uh, I'm also going with the Bengals. Jamar Chase is, you know, Offensive Player of the Year pretty much for the AFC. I mean, he's dominated all year long. Uh, Him and Joe Burrow have great chemistry. I mean, you can clearly see that. 
I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Cup in the season he's having, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., but, you know, I also like Boyd and Higgins uh, for the Bengals, so I give them the slight edge. Mike, your thoughts, both both teams receiving cores. Who do you like and why in this matchup for the Super Bowl? You know, it's interesting because I, I like both receiving cores, and I think both of them are going to make some big plays today. Uh, I, I mean, I would be surprised. I think we're going to see fireworks in the passing game on both sides. Cooper Cup has been – you know, everything that everybody has talked about and more this year. Uh, we've seen Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned yet that Odell Beckham seems to be, uh, you know, listen, you got a quarterback you can get along with. Like, he's not as washed out as everybody thinks. So, I think the Rams' passing game is definitely formidable. Matthew Stafford can make throws. And I and I think that both of these teams will be will be effective throwing the football at times today. Um, but I'm going to say give a slight edge to the Bengals receiving core simply just because of of depth, even beyond two guys with Chase and then with the other pieces that you add, the continuing relationship that he's building with Higgins and then Tyler Boyd and other guys on that team. And then what Mixon has shown you at times he can do out of the backfield. I just think that probably I give a slight edge to Cincinnati just because of a little bit more depth. But that Rams passing game is still – got the ability and, and very well may prove explosive some today in this game. Wow. I guess I'm the one going against the green. I, I feel the Rams have the edge uh, with the receiver that statistically just won the triple crown and Odell Beckham on like redemption tour with everything that he faced with dealing with the Giants and then also going to Cleveland and not having that thing work out there in Cleveland. Uh, finally get into a team where quarterback wants to get him the ball and, and able to get him the ball where he needs to. Uh, I feel Odell and Cup are just as dangerous as Woods and Cup were. I feel like the dynamic is even better. I, if you ask me, I think Odell Beckham is a better receiver than Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson's been able to do what he can underneath this madness. So the one thing that does bother me is the tight end situation with Higby being out. They're going to need the backup to step up and play as best as he can, but I still feel like Cooper Cup and Odell are a better dynamic than Boyd, Higgins, and Chase, even though Chase has been going crazy in his first season of play. I feel like Odell is just as much as dangerous as him, but Cooper Cup is the one that I would match up with Chase's numbers, and the edge would be Cup over Chase. Then if I'm looking at Higgins, in comparison to Odell, like, I mean, Higgins has actually had a good season this year, but Odell just got here basically at the halfway point and has been doing as much damage as he picked up the offense on the fly. Like, he's still learning the offense, and you have to worry about what he could do when he gets the ball because he has home run speed. He can hit a home run at any given time. So I'm I'm literally giving the edge to the Rams right now, especially this is what their bell cow has been all season long is their receiving core. It hasn't been their running game. It's been what Cooper Cup has been able to do in that reception situation. So I'm I'm heavily Rams. I, this is surprising that everybody went Bengals. I, hey, I, I like it. This is, this is what styles make fights. Styles do make fights. So I, I like it. This is very interesting. Okay, so now the number nine is in play right now. One is in 
blue and yellow. The other is in orange and black. Uh, one is the visiting team, but he's at home. And one is the home team and trying to make a difference on the road and has been catching everybody by surprise. Um, I'll go first, and this is a very interesting situation because um, I talked out about one of these guys within the past week and a half. One of them, I've seen uh, his entirety of his career leaving Athens, Georgia. Um, I'll start with the visitor first. The the visitor who is at home, uh, he's from Texas, Highland Park. Uh, He went to the University of Georgia, highly coveted coming out of school, number one draft pick by the Detroit Lions. had one of the more interesting starts to his career. Everybody remembers the play where he separated his shoulder um, or it was his collarbone in the game up against Cleveland, and every, he was an uh, NFL darling but really couldn't put wins together, I think more or less based upon the structure of the team and his growth pattern as well, trying to learn uh, things within the NFL. Uh, as time went on, he got better, but things didn't get better within the organization, and it's tough to see how, uh, how do I more or less say it, trying to learn the intricacies of, like, defenses that he's going up against, so on and so forth. Even though he has the turnovers, teams are winning records, but it's more or less a team situation. Uh, now, up until this point with him getting traded, uh, he gets a fresh start. He's with good receivers and is a, a coach that basically – not only giving him the green light that he had in Detroit, but uh, they're actually getting the ball out of his hands instead of letting him think long. Because when you let Stafford think long, he'll make an interesting decision that can end up being a turnover. So this is something that they're kind of making sure that they don't have happen for him. And it's very interesting that Stafford's been able to do this efficiently. Even though he does have his turnover this season, he led the league in pick six and so on and so forth. He's done enough to get these guys into a Super Bowl. So I can't take this away from what Matt Stafford has been able to do up until this point. But there's still some interesting things uh, within his game that he needs to worry about in this type of game with every light on in the world, not not just in the nation, not just in California. Everybody's watching. Um, in which Cooper Cup became a triple crown threat. Uh, Odell Beckham gets there. They're learning how to figure out each other on the fly. And uh, now that they get the offense, it makes it even more dynamic and, Van Jefferson's been one of these home run hitters that Stafford could get the ball to, uh, especially in space with one-on-one where he's a bigger target uh, for a lot of the nickels that may be smaller than him. So this makes it interesting to Stafford, and let alone the, the, the running backs that are coming out of the back, so they could receive the ball well too. So this makes it interesting also. The guy out of Ohio literally runs the state at this point in time, and this is, his really, this is really his rookie campaign, but this is his second season of play because he played a handful of games in rookie season and had the catastrophic injury. And I feel like this is probably the best comeback story I've seen. I've never seen a comeback story like this, that him having a ligament damage situation happen to his leg and him fight through all of that and get to a Super Bowl and be in a situation where he can win it. He can win a Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to get personal with this situation, and I never thought about this, that this could happen. The uh, head coach of – and this has really nothing to do with the game. I'm just doing now, – now I'm tied into this situation. This is personal, though. The head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor, 
His birthday is May 10th, which is my father's birthday. Spooky, May 10th, right? My father, Joseph Burrow, was born December 10th. I'm not kidding. And that's my birthday. So how spooky this gets is like, yo, wait, hold on, hold on. You're the head coach. You got my pop birthday. He got my birthday, the 10th and the 10th. And it's like, and now I'm watching this like, now I'm a Burrow fan because like, we share the birthday. Like, out of nowhere. I, just, I, I watched Burrow come out of college, do his thing, and know his story. Um, and, and for the incredible run that he's been on in his first full season of play to get to a Super Bowl, it's like, if he's this good with a piece while everybody else is trying to show themselves, like with Higgins and Boyd, like Boyd has been on that roster but has not really been impactful as people thought he was coming out of Pittsburgh. And now he is that piece. And for Joe Burrow to have this success out of his first full season of play, this makes it so interesting. Like, if they are to get another solid receiver and another solid running back, how many years could he run the AFC? How many years could he run the AFC to get back here? Like, I'm already looking at Mahomes to be the guy to try to, like, threaten Brady. It's like – Burrow can be that guy that could threaten him unless Trevor Lawrence turns yep. it around because he's young and they put pieces down there, things of that nature. Like, that's the one thing I'm thinking about. But for this point in time right now, for Burrow to be gutsy, he's already – I read an article this morning that he won the team over last year uh, after the George Floyd incident, and he cried in front of that team on wanting to end racism. The best way to nail them to nail him, like for this team to buy into him, and he was a rookie, and now it's like, yo, we already going forward with Jackpot Joe. It's like Joe Burrow is one of these guys that you don't usually see. He bought the team over and trying to unite them, and let alone they bought into him even in every scenario that they've been through, from dealing with the Raiders, dealing with Tennessee, dealing with Kansas City, now being in the Super Bowl. It's like I really can't just be like he's an underdog. I feel like it's so even it's not funny, and he's only been in the league really for one year. But I give him two because, you know, he, he was a rookie last season. But it's like I can't overlook what Burrow's been able to do to this league in his passing skills and being able to evade pressure. There was multiple times in that Kansas City game that he got away from pressure. Stafford doesn't do well getting away from pressure. He'll he'll ball up and take the sack a lot if they get to him. But I don't, I don't know if, if Cincinnati's going to get to him like that, so that makes it even more of a tougher battle. But just knowing what Burrow has been able to do in every game that he's seen, from Max Crosby to that defensive front in Tennessee, Jones had him a handful of times at Kansas City. Like if he if he can evade Von Miller and Aaron Donald and them not sack him as much as I think that can happen, he's the MVP. He will be the MVP if he can get away from these guys. But I feel like this is a tall order uh, in seeing this. I really don't know who has the edge. I call this even, to be honest. Um, but, again, they're in Hollywood. They're in L.A. They're in the backyard of where the Rams play. They they know the locker rooms. They know where the bathrooms are. I, I give the edge to the Rams because they are home. But within my mind, I'm, I'm saying this is an even battle at the quarterback position. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you next. Your thoughts on this one, quarterback position, uh, both sides of the ball, uh, Rams and Bengals, and then who you give the edge to? So the 
the number nine thing for this one, this, this is really interesting because it's the veteran versus the up-and-comer, right? The veteran that's gone to a team with more pieces around him versus this up-and-comer. Uh, I agree with a lot of things that you said about Joe Burrow as far as the way he, like, he's continued to get better even in just his second year, not only rehabbing the knee, but becoming, uh, getting a little bit more zip on his ball and throwing the ball more effectively. And so we're starting to see progression. I think that, as you said, a very tall order today. Uh, don't mess around and let him win today. Not like He will uh, be off to a, a, a rocket start in his career. It's a, it's a huge thing for him to be even uh, – for him to be there. It's been a, a while since the team was this far of a, of a long shot and got there. Uh, so – I'm impressed with everything he's done. I'm impressed with the way Stafford has like really stepped up in the postseason, uh, made some big plays and some throws when he's needed to. Uh, if I had to give an edge right now, I would probably give a, a slight edge uh, to Stafford just based on experience and amount of time in the game. You know, Burrow is a guy that has the chance to be – the first quarterback, but Heisman Trophy winner, national title, and Super Bowl title. Other two guys being Charles Woodson and Tony Dorsett, I think, is the uh, is the other one as far as guys that have been able to get all three. So we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, listen, I, I, slight edge to Stafford, but the – there's the cool thing is is there's great storylines with both of these quarterbacks. So there's a veteran who's toughed it out through some tough years, and you know gone through his share of adversity through his entire career. And then you got the up and coming you know second year guy. It's a cool story no matter no matter how it turns out. Uh, I just think with the home field and everything else, and honestly with without. A guy like Aaron Donald, like, listen, Aaron Donald and that defensive front from the Rams, I, I still think, uh, unless Cincinnati finds some ways to adjust to kind of minimize that, I think it's going to make for a, a tough tough day. And so part of the reason why I would give the slight edge to Stafford is just because of uh, who's lined up across the other side of the line from, from Joe Burrow. But, Cool, fun story for both of these guys going into this game. And, you know, the the old guard and, and the new ushering in a new era. And Joe Burrow looks the part, right? A guy that uh, can be a franchise quarterback and have his team relevant for a while in this league. Okay. Uh, Eric, your thoughts on this quarterback situation? Uh, the storylines for both of these guys, who do you like and why also? Yeah, Joe Burrow has uh, the chance to become only the third quarterback in history to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. Joe Namath and Joe Montana are the first two. Uh, So he could be in some really good company. And uh, the way he's been playing, gentlemen, this guy could be the future of the NFL for years to come. Uh, Timeless mentioned it coming back from that devastating injury and to perform at a high level and how he is and uh, the leadership. He is taking control and leadership of that team, and uh, he has the, uh, the whole team aboard with him. So uh, that that's a good football team right there. Uh, Matt Stafford, I mean, he's got his first couple playoff wins in this uh, 
playoffs this year, but I think it's going to come to an end in the Super Bowl. He still makes, or you know, he doesn't make smart throws out there sometimes, so he turns the ball over a lot. And I think that's going to happen today. Joe Burrow's going to protect the ball better, and uh, Burrow will have the better day. Okay, uh, James, your thoughts on this? Uh, Quarterback-wise, who do you think has the edge? Uh, But give me both sides of the ball. How do you feel? Um, I mean, really, quarterback-wise, it's a tie, which is kind of scary to think about when you're talking about Joe Burrow, a second-year guy, versus a guy who spent a decade in the league with Matthew Stafford. Um, If I was forced to nitpick into a way of just, like, narrowing this down to choosing one, I would have to pick Stafford just um, for the experience of the player. Um, But it's it's so close that it it barely barely requires a distinction. Um, They're both big-armed quarterbacks who have teams with high strike capabilities. Um, Both of them can make mistakes at times. And... They both and they and they both um, are fighting for big things in their career. So it's it's not like one is fighting harder for one thing over another. Um, but yeah, I would take Stafford fairly. But I think long term, Joe, and this is going to be scary because I think and we can t- well definitely. I know this might be a little premature, but. If Stafford wins the Super Bowl, they might be fitting in with a gold jacket um, by the end of his career. And we're already talking about Joe Burrow being at the same level as him, which is which is big for the future of the Cincinnati Bengals organization. Okay, we do have a caller in queue calling out of California. We have breaking news, Brian Hughes in the building. Brian, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good. What's going on, fellas? I, uh, you know, obviously I uh, got up a little late. I had to work last night, but I'm sitting here. I'm listening to uh, some of my favorite chefs in the building, and then I hear, I, I, I hear, I hear your boy James talking about Matthew Stafford and, and Hall of Fame. In the same sentence, man, that's that's a that's a whole other topic. I mean, if if you want, you can address it. I mean, we are in the kitchen; we have a ton of time. Um, I mean, we can have a little fun. We we got time. I don't want to just start throwing the predictions out because we do got time, man. Um, if you want to address that, you can. If not, just talk about the quarterbacks on both sides of the spectrum: AFC, NFC quarterback. How do you feel? Well, I think <clears throat> I think I think that the the, the first first um, portion of what they said is is pretty true, right? Both both the quarterbacks are very capable. Both the quarterbacks are are capable of um, you know making the throws, getting the ball to the receivers. They've been handling themselves. For me, the biggest difference is in this game is. On his way to the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow has been sacked more times than any other quarterback in the history of the league in the playoffs. And he was sacked more than anyone else during the regular season, 55 times. 
So <clears throat> I find it uncanny that this young kid in the second year coming off debilitating injuries a lot of people mentioned is able to perform not just under that kind of pressure, but under that kind of pressure <laughs> and, and and consistently. Um, we've seen in the past, and Ty, you know, as a Lions fan, you know this probably better than anyone, if you're able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford, he kind of crumbles. He kind of turns into a different quarterback. From what I've seen so far, Joe Burrow does not. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when we saw Joe Burrow get sacked nine times on the road by the Tennessee Titans and still find a way to win that game. Nine times. Nine times they were behind the chains. They were behind they were at third and long, second and long. And that's where having, you know, triplet receivers that can get open and really create problems and havoc is going to make a difference, um, I think, for Cincinnati. Because I think I think for Los Angeles, even though they can be an explosive offense, I think I think it's much more important for them that their O line show up and to make Matthew Stafford comfortable um, than it is for Cleveland or excuse me than it is for Cincinnati to be able to do the same for Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow has proven to have a very short memory. He's been able to bounce back. I mean, you always worry about injuries. But what he's been able to do this year, guys, is literally nothing short of miraculous. He was sacked 55 times in the regular season. And he was sacked, I believe, and this could be wrong, I apologize, I believe he was sacked another 14 times on his way to the Super Bowl. Um, And he just keeps picking himself up and keeps – doing the damn thing for lack of a better term. So I, I Matthew Stafford is a guy to me that needs kind of everything to be perfect for him to to succeed and to win. Joe Burrow has kind of already proven this year and throughout the playoffs that even when shit doesn't go right, he's the type of guy that can make things happen, even if it's, you know, second and fifteen or third and long. And, and I'm sure you guys have probably already talked about this, but as good as Jalen Ramsey is, if he thinks he's going to be on an island one-on-one with Chase all game and he's going to, he's going to lock him down, man, he's in for a long game, a long game. So I really hope McVay and company don't think that, that, that that's the way they're going to attack the Bengals where they have so many weapons is to put Ramsey on an island versus Chase because uh, Chase may have 200 yards. Really? I don't know if it's going to be an explosive day like that. Two bucks in a Super Bowl? Woo-hoo. What, what, if Whoa, he puts one-on-one, Ty, I'm just telling you, listen, Ramsey is a phenomenal corner, but he he ain't faced anybody all year long with the type of speed, agility, moves, Chase has, and he find, and he's going up against somebody that not just has the speed and the moves, but a quarterback that can actually get him the ball, right? Because wait, wait, he played, he played Devontae Adams in, in Green Bay. 
They played the Packers. The Packers beat them. Yeah. Still, still different type of receiver. Different type of receiver. Devontae is a bigger, more physical guy. Listen, he's a good route runner, but I'm telling you right now, any, any, watch the game. I almost guarantee you there will be some kind of bracket coverage after about the first quarter. Chase is going to be Wait, a but problem. Devontae gets in and out of those breaks. Listen, it was so – he's getting in and out of his stuff so good that Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco cried because it, it reminded him of himself. Like – I mean, yeah, he's a big receiver. It could be physical, but he gets out of his stuff easy. It, it, I'm telling you, it's just a different type of receiver. Devontae Adams is a Ooh. phenomenal receiver. Most people probably say he's the best receiver in the league. I definitely think he's top two or three. I'm not saying Chase is there yet. But what I'm saying is, is when you have that combination of just pure quicks, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that Chase isn't faster than Devontae. When you have that just pure speed, coupled that with the fact that he's got the type of athleticism and the connection that he has with Joe Burrow, I'm just telling you it's going to be a problem if they try and cover him one-on-one. Okay, I will be watching this. Well, everybody's going to be watching this, but I'm going to be watching that dynamic of the game in which Ramsey has been trying to call it out. He's saying everywhere that – uh Chase is going, he's going. So he's basically shadowing him, and I like this. And this is something that we're making a credible discussion right here. Uh, calling out of Virginia, we have Aaron in the building. Aaron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon? Good morning, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys on a snowy Sunday out here in the DMV, man. Um, let's get to work. It's morning down there? Good morning, sir. You know what? It just turned over 12. It just turned over 12, so it's now afternoon. Okay. I'm just making sure that we have the same time zone. Okay, so um, your thoughts on the quarterbacks. Um, who do you like in this situation, both sides of the ball, uh, and why? You know, um, my thing is this. I, I, I disagree um, with a little bit with what Breaking News Hughes was saying because, for me, I don't think it needs to be picture perfect for the L.A. Rams to, to to win this ball game because I believe that the the Cincinnati Bengals' offensive line is just piss poor. You know, we saw a a, a nice microcosm uh, of what takes place in these massive games when you don't have a quality offensive line, and what took place last year with the. Um, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I do expect that to be somewhat the same um, type of type of gameplay if the Cincinnati Bengals do not, you know, push them back a little bit. You got um, you got you got Aaron Donald, you got Von Miller that is going to be able to wreak havoc on Joe Burrow, and even though he's fallen down and has bounced back up, how many more times? is he's going to be able to get back up and still produce. I dare say not taking anything away from what the Cincinnati Bengals were able to accomplish uh, on, on their run to this particular game, but I dare say this is more of that our opponents did to necessarily lose the game more than what Cincinnati did to, to, to quite win it, if you will. But talking about the quarterback position, I said this on Wednesday, and I'm going to double down on this. If the Bengals are going to prove victorious. 
I think Joe Burrow has to throw north of 350. Um, I think that all his eligibles are going to have to have a massive game, much to the point of what we were discussing before I jumped on to Jamar Chase having a massive day, regardless of whether Jalen Ramsey is shadowing him or, or, or not. I, I think if the Bengals are going to be successful, I do think that uh, Joe Burrow is going to have a massive day. So when you start breaking down both quarterbacks, um, I think that Matthew Stafford kind of has a, a solid game, uh, maybe around 210 and some change, 215, a couple of touchdowns. But I think this game is going to be one in the trenches, leading the way for the running backs. Um, for the uh, L.A. Rams to do more damage than expected. Um, and so that's kind of where I have it sitting. Okay. Um, anybody like to add on to what they've heard thus far, at least the, the tail end of what Brian and Aaron have talked about? Okay, no, the silence helped me. Okay, I really don't want to go into prediction right now because we we do have. Wait, go ahead, say it again. Hey, sorry about that, man. It took me a second to get back to my button. Uh, I do want to. Uh, I kind of agree with Sirius and not necessary and and disagree with Hughes a little bit on that. I don't think that Stafford always has to have things go 100% right for him to win. I don't think that's a piece that has to be in place. And you got to think like uh, he's had some times in this playoffs where. Uh, running backs have made mistakes or other things have happened to let teams uh, stay in games whenever these games could have been or maybe by all rights should have already been over. But, you know, so he's had to pull a couple of things out of the fire as this postseason has uh, continued to evolve. So, you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think everything has to go right at all for, for him to win. He's, you know, Matthew Stafford is far from – I think he's made enough plays with his arm and has enough arm strength and whatever else that, you know, uh, the description that I was hearing almost made him sound like a game manager at the quarterback position, and I don't think that's the case. Sorry? Okay, I definitely – go ahead. Finish, Mike. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I, I just wanted to respond to that. Yeah, so – in no way, shape, or form am I calling Matthew Stafford a game manager. I, I think we could probably pretty much all universally agree he's probably one of the five to six most talented quarterbacks in the league when you just look at his physical traits, his you know, arm talent, you know, his, his accuracy, all those kind of things. What I meant more by, and maybe the comment was um, – Maybe the comment was slightly misdirected, but basically what I mean is is Joe Burrow has proven to actually thrive and relish chaos. And I think for Matthew Stafford, when he starts to have chaos, whether it be consistent pressure, whether it be that things start going wrong, the, the level of play slips. That's what I meant. I'm not calling him a game manager at all. I don't think he's a game manager. I think he's a very, very good quarterback that turns into slightly above average when things go poorly. I mean, like I said, I've seen him enough times in Detroit make the wrong play when, you know, she gets hairy. I mean, 
They're, they're, I don't think you would be hard-pressed to argue that the Rams do not have the most talented roster in the NFL, top to bottom. I mean, literally loaded at every position. This team is completely and utterly stacked. This is Madden GM mode where you just, you know, make whatever trades you want. There's a reason they don't have a first-round pick till 2024. Like, they just – they have just literally – Pissed away draft capital to get, oh, I want Von Miller. Oh, I want Odell Beckham. Oh, you know what? Hey, fuck it. Let's go get Ramsey. Let's go get this guy. He has more talent around him than any other quarterback in the league. And all I'm saying is when the chips are down and if both teams are able to get pressure, because I think that that's going to be key. I don't think there's any question of whether or not the Rams D is going to be able to get pressure. But if the pressure is able to get get home for Cincinnati, Stafford, in my opinion, becomes a different quarterback. I I, I think I think he goes from being uh, an elite quarterback to a very good quarterback when shit doesn't go right for him. Meaning the running game isn't working as well as he'd like it to. You know uh, his his O line isn't blocking quite as well. There's some drops, things like that. I'm not calling him a game manager in any sense. Both of these guys are very, very good quarterbacks that this season, honestly, are, are both top ten guys. So they, this should be a really good game. I just think Joe Burrow has proven, you know, under duress, under scrutiny, under fire uh, this year that he consistently bounces back. The only thing I worry about with him, like we saw last year, is injury. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks in the Tennessee game, all coming right up the middle. And Simmons is probably a top five DT. Well, Aaron Donald's probably the best. So what's going to happen with him? So, I mean, but that, that, that's kind of like a weird comparison. It, because it, it sounds like you're just saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Joe Burrow won with the Cincinnati Bengals. He built the Cincinnati Bengals from one of the league's worst teams and built them into a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I mean, that's what they are right now. Whereas Matthew Stafford can do the same thing with the Detroit Lions, but there's way more. I, th- I feel as though there's like way more problems systematically in the Detroit Lions organization that just having a elite quarterback doesn't fix. Whereas the, you can say what you want about the Bengals and how they um, built their team, but it was, but they made right decisions instead of wrong ones. And that's the major difference between what the Detroit lions were and what the Cincinnati Bengals were into what they are now. Well, I mean, they're here, so it's hard to second guess them now, but I wouldn't say the Cincinnati Bengals made all right decisions because the first year, that your star quarterback got injured because he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. Maybe that was the time to address the offensive line. Instead, they continued to build weapons and other things, and he became the most sacked quarterback in the league again this year. Now, has he thrived in spite of it? Absolutely. But I don't, I'm not going to give the I'm not going to give the Bengals kudos because you know they managed to make it to the Super Bowl. Listen. Matthew Stafford literally walked into the best situation possible. Am I going to am I going to say 
he doesn't deserve credit for leading the Rams back versus Tampa Bay when, when, they, when they had to have a, a couple long passes in order to get there? Absolutely not. He deserves that credit. But anybody that thinks that Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams situation is similar or the same is delusional. It's, it's not oh, the sure. same. Yeah. It, it is not, not the even same. remotely the same. No, I, I, I get it, but I'm saying even just from a talent perspective, outside the wide receivers, which you could make an argument if you really, really wanted to be a Ram homer, when you look at the fact that basically Cooper Cup broke every single record, but outside of the, the wide receiver position, what's the other position group that you would take over the Rams? Well, we did the, I don't think there is one. I mean, running back. I would take I would take running back. I would take running back over. I would take Joe Mixon over Cam Akers and Tony Michelle. And I I also said the uh, special teams too, by um, the Bengals situation, especially with McPherson actually building up a little momentum since uh, the game winner that he put up also. So I I was giving them that leg up too. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's trying to, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean, you know, you can try, you could try to find, you could try to find advantages, you know, here and there. But like I said, top to bottom, the Rams are the better team. They're the more complete team. Their, their defense is much more suited for a, a Super Bowl type caliber uh, defense. If defense wins championships, the Rams should win. But the, the great equalizer, as we always know, is always the quarterback. It's always the quarterback making plays off schedule when they're not expected. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't I don't think if you swap these well, let's put it this way. Just just 'cause I don't want I don't want people to think I'm saying he's a game manager. If you swap these two quarterbacks from their squad to the other squad, my perception, because I'll, I'll leave it like that, is Cincinnati, once again, is 31 years removed from making the playoffs. We've already seen Matthew Stafford on a subpar team. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, subpar is, is being generous to the Detroit Lions, but uh, I, I get your point. Uh, this, this is very interesting. We have uh, a a bit of an interesting standpoint for somebody that has been all over the board trying to pick teams, trying to say something is considerate. I, I don't get that. But we do have people here that are actually outside of the building telling me that they're trying to get in here, but I don't see them. If you can, the caller number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. We got fifteen minutes left. I feel like we could dive into the predictions now. Um, I'll start from the bottom up. Um, Brian, I'll start with you. Your prediction on the game: Who wins the Super Bowl and why? My heart, my heart, as you know is pulling for Cincinnati. It's hard not to pull for a team 
that's this young and this fresh and just seeing everything that they've done to this point. But at some point, talent matters. It has to. If it didn't, as I just said, Detroit, the Detroit Lions would have already been in the Super Bowl. So with that said, as much as I, I would love to see Joe Burrow win and I would love to see Jamar Chase win, I'm going with the Rams. It's just their, their defense, the defense that Burrow is facing is a much, much higher caliber and a more elite defense than that in which Matt Safford is facing. So I'm going with the Rams. Uh, I think it's a, a fairly close game, but I think um, there will be a filling out period in the first half before the, uh, <laughs> the fireworks start in the second half. I'm going to say the Rams win this one. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go 28 to 20. We even got a score. Okay. All right, Aaron, give me your no, – actually, no, no Sports City. Sit tight, sit tight. We, we got, we got the, the villain here. Um, Barry, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon? I am good. Finally, Hughes and James controversy let me get in. They kept talking and couldn't go to the villain. So now I'm here. What's up, boys? Not too much. Hey, you, well, you know we like to eat villains, so yeah. that's hey, what you, we're here you for. You in the kitchen before. You already know how it is to be a sous chef. I'm, I'm trying to get a plate. Y'all sitting here talking about who's, who's better and who's is. And, come on, let the villain in. Let the villain get a plate. I got to get a plate so I can go. <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't hear Brian throw a shot at you. He, he really shot the gun at your forehead. He called you a sous chef. He said what? I got an apron. I got that big old hat that comes in. Hughes is the one. He come in. He cook, he cook like some burnt bacon on the grill and then think he cooking. He ain't cooking nothing for the village. Mm. Wow. Burnt Barry, bacon. I love Why you. Burnt yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> Barry, I love you. But that shot right there, listen, there ain't a man alive that's my size that cooks bacon on the grill. Exactly. I'm just about to say, who cooks bacon on a grill? I'm about to say, oh that's my what I'm god. That's why. That's why. That's why he can't cook. He's not trying to cook for me. Whatever. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk some football. How you doing? How you doing? Your, your, your prediction leads so that I know we're going to end up running overtime now. So your prediction on the yeah, game exactly. who wins it and why? Yeah, I guess I'll get a little two seconds of fame. Listen, I think the Rams are going to win. I think they are the better team, top to bottom. I think the the, the Bengals have an advantage at kicker. I think they have advantage of running back. Um, even though the Rams do have a good kicker, Gay made the, the Pro Bowl this year. So I think overall specials, the Rams are, are, are slightly better than the Bengals. I think the, the key is in the trenches. And I think while the Bengals have a good defensive line, B.J. Hill and company, I think the Rams are obviously better with Von Miller, uh, Floyd, and, and, and Aaron Donald, who should probably get uh, the MVP if all goes to, according to plan. So, I think it's a close one. I think the Bengals are resilient. I think they'll get down early. I think they'll get back into the game. But I think the Rams are, and, and Stafford, who doesn't get enough credit, six touchdowns, one interception in the playoffs, uh, more than a game manager. I think he's playing some good football. I think the Rams will win. I think I had a score of 27 to 23, I think, maybe. So I'm not sure what I had the score. But 
Um, if it's four, I'll take the points. If it's four and a half, if it's four, I'll lay the points. If it's four and a half, I'll take it. It's four right now. Yeah, so it was like fluctuating, right? So it's uh, it's four. I'll I'll take the I'll, I'll lay the points. I'll lay it. Okay, so we got Barry, we got Brian, uh, Aaron. Aaron, did you go? I have not. Prediction on the game. Who do you like and why? So, for me, um, I'm going with the Rams. I feel as though the Rams, like everybody has alluded to before me, are the better team. Um, They really excel in areas where the Cincinnati Bengals show significant weakness. Um, I do believe that um, it'll be close until about the middle of the third quarter. Um, there's only going to be so many times that this offensive line is going to be able to get beat up until they just literally just don't want don't don't want it no more. It's like a heavyweight fight, if you will. You keep them punching in the middle. Sooner or later, that whole body's going to crumble. So I think ultimately the Rams uh, win it by two scores uh, late. Um, if I'm going to give a prediction. I'm going to go, like, 28-17, something like that. Um, I, just, I, just, I just honestly think that at the end of the day, uh, the Rams is a superior team, and this is why you push all the ships in the middle to go get these weapons for this very game for this very moment, which is going to annoy the heck out of me because I think, that, you know, as a fan, you want to see more GMs and more teams attempt to do this. And, you know, I think this is a very special situation with a very special circumstance. I, I don't think this is how a championship team is supposed to be built, but this is where we're at right now. So the Rams don't win it. They're 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 they're, they're in big trouble this off season with scrutiny and everything. So give me the Rams, uh, twenty eight seventeen. Uh, James, your thoughts on who wins the game? All right. Well. Um... So what I am going to say is that I think that the Rams win 34-17. I think this is not as close of a game as Super Bowl's past. I don't think this is as close of a game as people think it's going to be. But what I am also going to say is if you want to read why I did that, you should go to SportsCityChefs.com and look at um, uh, the villain's latest post. Nice plug there, sir. That was good. That was good. That was good. Damn, that boy good. Damn, that boy good. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on on who wins the game and why? Yeah, so, as I said in that post, head versus heart kind of thing, I just think the Rams are too much, man. I think they're the better team. I think that you'll see both teams make some plays. Uh, I think you'll see – it evident uh, the talent level on on all levels for each of these teams. I think Jamar Chase makes some plays. I think you see uh, Joe Burrow perform. I think the Rams just have a little bit too much, and that Rams defense, I think, is going to pretend that, – that defensive front, I think, is going to be a little bit too much uh, for Cincinnati before then this game is over. I got a two-score difference as well. I think it'll be within one score for a lot of the day. But uh, in the end, I'm going to say – Rams 34, Bengals 21. However, I do want to say this. Uh, you know, it's a trap. 
right? Like everybody here, for the most part, tends to be picking one direction over another. And a lot of times uh, when, when it's all set to go one way or everybody thinks it's going to happen one way, the NFL has a, has a way of, uh, of showing you in, in the words of Lee Corso back in the day on, on all the uh, college game days, not so fast, my friend. So uh, we got Rams, but the more and more of us that pick the Rams, I want to say we may be right, but uh, it, it gives me more and more pause or more concern the more of us that end up all going towards, uh, towards that side of the line. Okay, Eric, your, your thoughts on who wins the game and why? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Bengals here, gentlemen. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they're going to be too much to handle for the Rams' defense. They're going to do just enough on the defensive side of the ball to, to make Matt Stafford turn the ball over a couple times, and their offensive line is going to hold up just enough to get the job done today. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, 28 to 23. Well, well, well. Um, I like that uh, Mike threw that out there that everybody's going Rams. I think the Rams win this with the Hollywood story of, you know, all of the struggles that he went through in Detroit and Odell Beckham, everything that he went through from New York to Cleveland and him and Baker Mayfield and, them being at home and Brady winning a home game in Tampa after doing it the final or the following season, excuse me, after Brady just did it and they're in SoFi and there's a visiting team. I, I really feel like everything's set up for one of these storybook endings. Um, if if Joe Burrow plays as consistent as he has, regardless of what he had to do with dealing with sacks so on and so forth, if he can do this, I feel like the upset – could be as strong as when the Seahawks lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots. I feel that type of Super Bowl can happen. We could be on the brink of one of the biggest Super Bowl games we've ever seen if Burrow plays as consistent as he has all playoffs long. But I'm giving the edge to the Rams. But if Burrow come in and, and show out, whoa, Nelly. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing that one. Okay. We are at the end. I need plugs to close out from each of you. Thank you for helping us close this one out. This has been an epic one. Uh, breaking news huge. You know what to do at this point in time. Set it off. Hey, it's always a pleasure, gentlemen, to talk with my fellow chefs inside the Sports City Chefs studios, chopping up football, chopping up games, and chopping up life. It's <laughs> in between shows. If you want to come check out uh, Timeless or some of the other chefs, you can go to the Clubhouse app. Go look for the Barbershop channel. It's the one with the two barber poles that are crossed. They talk, they talk football. They talk life. And uh, I, I could tell you, mostly respectful, but just like it does in here, it gets heated from time to time. So definitely check that out. And as James said, uh, you know, Barry has been putting in a ton of work um, in the Sports City Chefs website, setting up, trying to get the uh, the website up and running again, and and getting the you know blogs and things like that going. That's the reason why I made the bacon comment. He's off his game because he's been writing too much. Uh, Scotty, a little shot in there, Barry. But uh, <laughs> no man, there's big things going on here in Sports City. 
uh, you know, I love you guys, and uh, you guys have a great day. Bye. Okay, Barry, uh, I'll let you plug everything that we need to plug. I already gave them the promo. Set it off. Okay, yeah, listen, Hughes, I'm coming for you, man. I'm going to fly out there and come see you, dog, all right? I'm going to come see you. Um, but, no, listen, sportscitychef.com, man. I appreciate every, all the chefs. who do great work. Everybody works hard to make this thing where it is right now. We only do bigger things. Uh, I promise you that live show with me and TP is coming. We're doing it live. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, like I said, thank you to the PHI Apparel for uh, sponsoring our shows, a great partnership with those guys. Go get your merchandise from them. Uh, you know, TP, you do a great job. Like, uh, Sirius, Mike, Hughes, James, everybody, appreciate you. Get to the site, looking for writers. We need content. So, um, and enjoy the Super Bowl. We got the Super Bowl squares. Make sure you print out your bracket and all that good stuff. More stuff to come like that. More contest uh, coming from the chef. So, we out. Thank you, guys. Okay. James, I need a plug and close out from you. Um, so it's the the greatest day of all sports. Spend some time with some friends, some family, some food, and just enjoy it. It's it's something that's better than Christmas, better than Valentine's Day. Just sit back, watch the game. Even if you don't watch football, enjoy it. And I'll see you guys next time. Better than Christmas. I debate that. That's a lie. Okay, um, Mike, I need a plug. Close yeah, out. Anything yeah. that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. So, well, shout out to you, Timer. Villain, always a uh, pleasure to do a show with you. Uh, as always, uh, Eric, man, good to hear your voice. Serious breaking news. Uh, James, everybody around today, it's always uh, a pleasure, man. As far as Super Bowl Sunday, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's it's a culmination of the year in football, and I'm always looking forward to seeing the Super Bowl. But I I, I try to remind people to stay level-headed or not get their hopes up too high because what if uh, somehow it ends up getting uh, out of hand like it did a few years ago for uh, Peyton Manning in Denver against uh, Seattle or something, and then, and then that game was just uh, – so if you had your hopes up for a huge day, then you spent the rest of the day just kind of uh, – bummed out. So going to it with a thought process of this is the last time we get football again until the fall. By the time August, September comes around, everybody can't wait for kickoffs and such again. So regardless of the outcome today, enjoy the fact that we got uh, two people on this stage that haven't been there. Uh, some guys that have been there before, but uh, some old and some new in this game. Uh, talents across the board for some of you that haven't really uh, followed these teams as a regular, uh, other than the playoffs, never know. There could be some uh, some new interesting stories come up throughout the day that you never uh, really have heard about some of these guys. So just enjoy the pageantry of it. I mean, it maybe it'll end up being competitive. Hopefully it will be, and we'll have a very good game, and it'll be one that uh, goes down in the record books as, as a momentous one. But either way, like, just stop and uh, reflect and enjoy the fact that we are, that we do have football, and, and and this is our last act of it for, for a few months. So let's enjoy. Happy Super Bowl Day, everybody. Uh, also, really quick, congratulations to uh, Israel Adesanya at a, um, defend his belt again against Robert Whitaker. I don't know 
how many times he needs to beat that guy, but uh, that guy rises above everybody else to at least uh, get a title shot. But uh, he's definitely going to be the gatekeeper moving forward at 185. So shout out to him. Shout out to Barbershop on Clubhouse. Uh, Barry mentioned the squares. Make sure you take a look at those. We were able to collaborate and sell all of them. So thank you guys for all being uh, a part of that and collaborating. So we got other shows coming up throughout the week. Uh, stuff on the website, on social media platforms, and everything. So, once again, pleasure and a privilege. I'm out, guys. Mr. Evie, shut it down. As always, it's a pleasure, gentlemen. Much love and respect for each and every one of you. Check out the website, sportscitychefs.com, the merchandise, the blogs, all the shows see us throughout the week. I'll see you guys on Clubhouse as well. Everybody have a blessed day. Go Bengals. He's he putting a stamp on that, man. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website. We got everything you need. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Spring coming around. We got mugs. We got cups. We doing it all. Um, we even got a blog where Barry is actually yelling at me to put stuff up there, man. I've been doing this forever, man. It's like, okay, so now i got to get yelled at by this guy. So go check this out. These guys are actually plugging his stuff, but won't plug my stuff. But thank you for everybody else that's been coming out here showing us love regardless. Shout out to both the Sports City Chefs and the Barbershop for putting that uh, Super Bowl box together and getting it done. We thought that we would be running into uh, Friday or Saturday. They got it done on Thursday. I was shocked. So thank you to everybody that supported us across the board uh, from both spectrums. Love y'all to death. Um, Everybody enjoy this stuff. If you're in the northeast region or the tri-state area, be safe. We're in a freaking snowstorm. I'm so mad (laughs) that it's snowing on Super Bowl Sunday. It's like, man, I got to try and be safe, shovel, and make sure I don't get into no bull crap today. Please, Lord, guide me. Please help me. I know I got to go far to go watch a doggone game, man. But nevertheless, this this is the moment that we've been waiting for, at least for the football season. Um, I wanted to jump into some Lakers talk. I can't because now I got three Laker fans in the building. I can't pick on one of them, man. But you already know how this go down, Sports City. On that note, Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Uh.